Hello wrestling fans, my name is Brett Hadley, otherwise known as the voice of UKW, and I am so happy to welcome you to the first episode of the brand new, shiny, rather nice looking UK Wrestling Podcast. And on the first episode of this UK Wrestling Podcast, it is going to be all about UK Wrestling Aftermath that took place just this past weekend on August 27th at our very own custom-built UK Wrestling Arena in Batley, West Yorkshire. We had another fantastic crowd in. The atmosphere was great all night. It reached a crescendo at the end. And uh, we'll get to all the information about that and also what I did before Aftermath, just a few hours before his championship match against JPR, I sat down with the owner and the CEO of UK Wrestling, Jonathan Sedgwick himself, in the house that Sedgwick built, yes, with his own bare hands. I sat there and I quizzed him. I interrogated him and got some very interesting dialect out of the UK Wrestling owner and CEO. You can hear that interview today right here on the official UK Wrestling podcast. For those not familiar with UK Wrestling, it is a family-run wrestling promotion based in West Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. It was launched in 2009. You will find out how it came about a little bit later when we do the interview with Jonathan Sedgwick. And um, I joined it well, less, less, less than a year into it as a, an event photographer, which was my old my old calling. I still do uh, promotional photos for UKW now before the shows, but it was my thing. I did it for 11 years as a professional. I went up and down the country, and that was my thing. So I joined them as a, uh, a photographer back in the day, and it was great fun, but I wasn't very experienced in those days, to be fair. The experience grew with time. Uh, but during my time at UKW, I've also I've been a ring announcer, which I still still do. I did it this past Friday night on Showdown. The show will be on YouTube next week. And uh, I've also been a general manager. Oh, God, yeah. I, I got to make decisions and everything. That was a little bit dangerous. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now the voice of UKW. I'm there every Friday night. I love it. It's great fun. If you get a chance to come along to Batley in West Yorkshire, then please do so. Go and download the UK Wrestling app. It's in all good app stores and probably some bad ones. And you can join us every Friday night there's no atmosphere like it and uh, the shows get filmed and uploaded onto youtube very soon we also announced last week a very exciting project the uk wrestling academy the genesis academy having their own show from next week all over youtube it's called uk wrestling genesis ignite you'll find out who's at the spearhead of that a little bit later that's all i'm saying so let's get to it then. Aftermath took place August 27th and on the pre-show with myself and Shelby Sinar, which you will be able to see on YouTube very, very soon. We did have a match this time. I like it when we have matches on the pre-show and they don't just make me and Shelby talk for half an hour because it's far more entertaining for you guys as the viewer. And uh, on this occasion, it was... Ian never call him a creep, Creed, who got quite, quite frankly, he gives me the creeps and it's written across his chest, but it's crossed out. Uh, he was in the ring with brand newcomer to UK Wrestling. He made his debut just the other week. Part of the Brotherhood, along with Uther, he is flaming Damon Crow, and he's been quite impressive. He's had two matches so far, but this was his first match on, like, the biggest stage on one of our premium events. Unfortunately, though, for for Mr. Crow, it didn't quite work out, and somehow, some way, Ian Creed, in a rather unorthodox manner, managed to get a victory yesterday evening and then it was time for UK Wrestling Aftermath featuring a very nice um, a very nice video package yes with yours truly's voice on it uh, and the first match of the evening was before the aforementioned UK Wrestling Genesis their Genesis Championship it was the very very impressive towering champion Jacob Reed defending against the man who no longer is undefeated he had a very big undefeated streak the Egyptian underdog Young Horus and I love Young Horus I think he's got a lot of spirit a lot of heart and I thought maybe he had a chance against Jacob Reed but it wasn't to be as the dominant champion the absolute dominant champion proved why he is at the top of the UK wrestling Genesis division and retained that Genesis championship. Now, after the match, I went backstage and I caught up with him and here is what Jacob Reed had to say. So I am backstage at UK Wrestling Aftermath here and I've caught up with still the UK Wrestling Genesis champion. Very intent look on the face of Jacob Reed. Jacob Reed, how are you feeling after that match tonight? Brett, you're out there. How do you think I'm feeling? Over the moon. Horus was not even a challenge for me. Like, not even remotely. 
an issue. Not an issue? No, it's, it's not an issue. He's, what, two wins and he thinks he gets a title shot? And I've just proven why he wasn't even ready to step in the ring with anyone at my level. OK, saying that, though, Jacob Reed, what's next for you? In the future, well, what do you see? In my near future, Ignite. I'm about to run that entire brand. It's my show. I'm the top of the food chain. I am the top of the mountain, right? And with Mercer behind me, watching the target on my back, no one's going to get close. No one. Fair enough. Thank you, UK Wrestling Genesis champion, Jacob Reed. So there you go. He said it himself. He is the face of that division. Nobody can touch him. He is Jacob Reed, the still UK Wrestling Genesis champion, that's the word I'm looking for. And he is headed for UK Wrestling Genesis Ignite, coming to YouTube very, very soon after his huge title defense. I'm sure there are a lot of people, including Young Horace, who will have a lot to say about that, though, and uh, challenge the champion for now, though, is the very impressive and very intimidating Jacob Reed. Aftermath rolled on at pace, and up next, it was a very impressive physical match between he's big, he's bad, he's simply called Bishop, and he was facing the UK wrestling veteran at this point, the Alpha Predator Rex Savage, who was at WrestleBration, obviously in that huge war with the hardcore champion Henry Winter. He was back at Aftermath, and him and Bishop, I mean, for two guys who are very, very, you know, they're, they're not small, let's put it that way, they ran around that ring, they lifted each other up, they slammed each other down, it was physical, but in the end, the Alpha Predator Rex Savage got the victory at UK Wrestling Aftermath. On the way next, though, it was the tag team partner of the guy we saw earlier, the Genesis champion, Jacob Reed, his tag team partner in that very formidable team, the Dogs of War, the mercenary for hire, Sebastian Mercer, was in action against the guy who doesn't live on my side, your side. No, he lives on the Cliff's side. Cliff Harrison was in Batley and was rocking and rolling all the way through Sebastian Mercer getting the victory it was like a, a game of one-upsmanship you, anything you can do I can do better and in the end the most beautiful move you will ever see he calls it Maria yes it got the victory for Cliff Harrison at Wrestlebration Aftermath yes I'm sure Cliff Harrison will have his sights set on Jacob Reed and that Genesis Championship once again when the opportunity presents itself and after that it was interesting because for the first time since Wrestlebration since Tables, Ladders and chairs against the now television champion Paul Hubris. We did hear from the one-man collective Cayman Carlisle, who was a bit forlorn. He was a bit thoughtful. He was, you can tell he was humble. He was, it meant a lot for him to be there in Batley at Aftermath. And to be honest, he doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know if he'll be back in the ring, when he'll be back in the ring, or what he'll be doing in the future. But he wanted to show a bit of love and appreciation for the UK wrestling crowd. And they definitely appreciated Cayman Carlisle back. And personally for me, I hope to see him back in the ring very, very soon. And then it was time for the UK Wrestling Heavyweight Championship match. It was Jonathan Sedgwick against JPR at WrestleBration. That title changed hands twice. JPR defeated Mustafa Khan cleanly, one, two, three in the middle of the ring. But then just a couple of hours later, Mustafa Khan invoked his rematch and inserted himself in. And it became a triple threat match with JPR, Sedgwick and Mustafa Khan. Jonathan Sedgwick walked out of WrestleBration as the UK Wrestling Champion. And now now it's time for that interview that I did before the show, before WrestleBration Aftermath. I sat down with the owner and CEO, John, uh, Jonathan Cedric, to get his thoughts on a variety of subjects, a variety of people. And here comes that interview right now on the official UK Wrestling Podcast. So it is the first episode of the UK Wrestling Podcast. I am backstage at the UK Wrestling Arena here in Batley. It is the afternoon of WrestleBration Aftermath on August 27th. And I'm delighted to have my first guest here with me this afternoon. He is the man himself, the owner, the CEO of UK Wrestling, and the current, at this time, uh, UK Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. He is Jonathan Sedgwick. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Brett. Thanks for having me here. That's all right. I, I couldn't have anybody else. You know, you had to be the first guest on this podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It wouldn't have gone any other way. There couldn't have been anybody else that I would have had. Uh, and it had to be you. So thanks for talking to me. And um, really, I want to kind of get to your thoughts on Aftermath and what crazy things have been happening in the past few months here in UKW as well. But I'd, I'd, with it being the first episode, I thought it'd be nice if we 
you know, got a little bit of background, like found out about you and why you're here, what, what, what drives you. You know, like we've been friends for literally 13 years. You know, it's, it's a long, long time. Uh, and you're still going strong, maybe stronger than ever with UKW. So I want to know really what, you know, what motivates you, what the, what the desire is, why you keep doing it, and then get your thoughts on what, what's going to happen later on and how you're feeling about having to be... <laughs> pains me to say it but having to be associated with the Persian Empire hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah my thoughts exactly so um, first question really how long have you been a wrestling fan Oof. I'm interested to know if you like the same sort of time that I have the, 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 my earliest memory of wrestling was watching SummerSlam 88 oh wow yeah. you've, got, you've got a bit on me no it wasn't <laughs> live uh, I don't know it was I remember my brother getting all the way copy of it on video and um, it was just I don't know it, it, I was just hooked from that obviously watching Hulk and Brutus teaming up to take on Zeus and Macho Man it was just, oh that was 89 was that when it, that was 89 88 was 88 was Andre and DiBiase wasn't it yeah you're thinking of 89 so you're not that far ahead of me to be honest well Which yeah pretty anyway, either, that's yeah back then is um that's some of my earliest memories of it, and then it's not far off the same time as me. My first show was WrestleMania six with Hulk, Hulk Hogan and the Warrior. That's yeah, the idea. that was yeah. literally my first ever wrestling show. So we're we're sort of of the same ilk as yeah, in time wise that one on video. That obviously that one had already been and passed by the time we started watching it. But yeah, they, at that point I was we was already hooked. Uh, we didn't have Sky at that point, so. My dad had a friend at work, and he used to always record them for us. And yeah, um, we used to keep up to date with superstars and everything. That was it. My, my weekends at school were leading towards Friday and Saturday, when I used to watch superstars and wrestling challenge. And in the, the days, in the days of like not knowing what was going to happen, and the magic being, you know, that was, no, that no was internet, the fun anything. Yeah, exactly. That was the fun back then. Obviously, no internet, no spoilers, nothing. No. Never knowing the outcomes. It was watching it for the fun of what it is, for the entertainment of it. And I think that's what we do here in UKW. It is fun. It is entertainment. It's storylines. It's storytelling. That's it's the performance art. That, having that era of what we grew up in and yeah. falling in love with it at that point, that's something that we've always... And I can, I can actually see, like, watching the product every week, like I do, I obviously I see the influences there. So my next question, naturally, I know the answer to this already, but for the audience, who were your favourite wrestlers growing up? Before, obviously, <laughs> I, obviously, I... Obviously, you used to idolise Bret Hart. Yeah. Obviously, there was people like the Ultimate Warriors, um, yes. Hulk Hogan, um, British Bulldog, yeah, uh, The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all the big characters. The big, yeah, the big, the glorified characters were obviously larger than out. life. Larger the larger than life, than life yes. characters that they had they in those stood days. Out and they just obviously at that age as well. When you just like you was mesmerised by it. It was all magic. That's it. It yeah. was all believable. It was That's all it. everything. The stuff, I, the, the stuff that always really stuck out to me was uh, the Undertaker's feud with the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> that was just, when he obviously put him in the casket. And yes. I'll never. Yes. I'll never. It just something. It was in that casket for about ten minutes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to always get the WWF magazine. And <laughs> me too. This is like, what happened? What happened? Yes. What happened? Obviously, the days. Have it up to date, like the days before the internet. I mean, I remember my first ever wrestling show. I went to in 1991 in Sheffield uh, The Undertaker was there and he was facing some guy called Piper R Rowdy Piper had I heard of him yeah and um, I remember as a 10 year old kid being scared out of my wits <laughs> at The Undertaker my mum had to take me out the building out of the out of the uh, onto the con again it was a completely different character back I him, was right? absolutely was, petrified yeah. of him and I'll always remember it and it always now looking back in retrospect it makes me laugh yeah. but you know the it, it was the magic yeah back then it was just it was just great for the time as well but what he was doing was just something that never been done having the funeral parlor and everything yeah <laughs> just, and the fact yeah. that they called his manager Paul Bearer <laughs> which, which I still I still giggle about now and it's still a wonderful character and there'll never be another no. like and then that. the other one that always stood out to me was when um, the Ultimate Warrior had the feud with Papa Shango 
Yes. We had all the we had black, black paint coming, coming down, down his face. face. <laughs> if you're not sure what we're talking about, if you go on the uh, <coughs> WWE Network and look at the Superstars tapings from 1992, you will see completely what we're talking about. Uh, it was it was some voodoo. That's it. It was just stuff like <laughs> that. Was back then, it was just unbelievable. It was just like, how is this happening? And, and but it was I, just you was just enthralled by it. And then obviously, Bret Hart was your favorite wrestler. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, coming through from like SummerSlam 91 with his match with uh, Mr. Perfect. Yes. Winning the Brilliant. Continental Championship. Yes. And then going on to face Ric Flair and winning the WF Championship. It yep. was, yeah, I was just, I was a big follower of his career and just, yeah. And obviously that, that shines on now, all these years later. It does. And now all these years later, 13 years ago, you, you started UKW and what, what made you want to do that? What in, what in your right mind possessed you to think, <laughs> I want to do this, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. Was it, there anything in particular or? It actually began um, before UKW, we had the, the Squared Circle Wrestling Stone. Oh, yes, I think I remember, remember this. that. Yes, just about. Because um, obviously we threw the merchandise at other wrestling events. Yes. And um, we had the shop in Osset Town Centre where we did all the merchandise. And after running the, the shop for 12 months, I purchased my first wrestling ring. Okay. Purely for nothing other than I wanted a ring. <laughs> um, it was just something you... Yeah, I've yeah. been a fan for wrestling all my life. It would be, like, it would be great to uh, just have a ring, have it set up and just be able to mess around in it. And, Fair enough. Um, yeah, I would say the, the, the thought was, hey, it'd be great if I could run a show someday and whatnot, but it was just it was just something that it might never happen. It was just a pipe dream sort of thing, it, one of them mm. things. But yeah, I got this ring um, and obviously having the past year running the merchandise show at store and then doing um, the merchandise at different people at different events yeah. uh, people started asking oh you've got a ring we why do don't a, you do this do the ring job when I was well and whatnot so we started find the ring out and it was just them being around it and Did you get, the, is it like a bit of a bug that's it yeah you know, a bit so like we'll a, put the ring up but then actually seeing an actual show being put on and it actually taking place inside our ring but then being around there being in the the building all day and seeing the guys there and getting it is like an infection isn't it I I get this every week when I come to this building it is like an escapism it's like an infection it's it's really contagious that's it and once you get the book watching it on telly then just being thrust into that world of being like right it's happening right in front of my eyes we're like wow this is I remember the first time it's nearly 15 years ago that I started doing ringside photography and my first match at the side of the ring featured Nigel McGuinness and um, I was blown away. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. It, it was like magic. You know, it was like a light switch had turned on and that was, you know, my career started there at that point. Um, so I totally get that. Um, so, did you have any hopes, you know, when you started actually doing shows? Did you have anything you wanted to achieve? or was well, it just at that a- point, again, obviously, the actual start of UKW game, because Joe, my son... Um, yep. We'll get we to him, him later, by the yeah, way. We'll get to him later. <laughs> he asked it for, well, he says to him, what sort of birthday party do you want? Right. Because um, at that point, it was... It would have come up to his fifth birthday. Yeah. And we said to him, what birthday party would you like? And he said, can I have a wrestling show? <laughs> so, obviously, at this point now, we've got the ring. I'd been around enough events and made connections with a number of guys. So, yep. um, it was a case of, right... Let's, Let's do see it. if we can do something. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So we got got it set up. Um, got the got in touch with some guys. Yep. This event on, and he absolutely loved it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember at the time we had Kevin Thorne. I do remember as well. Yes, uh, that was a, a moment for him because obviously Kevin at the end of the show got the microphone and got everybody singing Happy Birthday. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a bit nervous. He tried to get him at ring, but he won't come over. Barry. Oh, well, I can't <laughs> imagine that now. Obviously, no. but uh, but yeah, that's that's how the birth of UKW came. Um, it's really interesting. July 2009, you know. it was obviously that was the very first celebration. It course. was actually a birthday party. I um, think I uh, I was here for the second celebration. That's it. When Blackpool was that the one in Blackpool Tower where I was I I was sort of channeling uh, a certain guy in jorts that day <laughs> in Blackpool that. Tower. That was that was a hell of a day. 
Well, I think the first one was just was crazy. it was a birthday party, but it was just. It, it, yeah. it was good because it was under his own sort of band it was like we'd done it we'd organised it we'd put it all together and then that was it it was just like I got a book for it and it's like it can't just be that one and done no. it's, it, we need to do it again we need to continue with this on um, and you and did that's it yeah <laughs> well and truly it's, um, we're now 13 years later um, do you have any like one or two standout moments from the whole time of Ukidabi that you are the proudest of or you think I can't believe that that actually happened but it did is there anything um, or anybody that stands out for you I mean yeah there's got to be numerous things over the years um, just getting to be able to do it is one of them but obviously like, the first achievement was the Blackpool Tower show yes um, obviously been running 12, 12 months and then getting to run somewhere like that arena yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was a magical atmosphere it was yeah. it was bizarre Look, I remember it so well looking around it so thinking like, wow it what are we doing day. here it was a long hard day that <laughs> it really was but it, yeah it was just it was a standout moment so obviously it was from doing the small little events we've done for the past year yeah and obviously just coming through as a fan and just then being able to do this for ourselves but then putting it on in such a building like the Blackpool mm-hmm. Tower it was such an iconic moment and it was just like it's it was great to see how far we've come in just 12 months and now look at this like 11 years later it's coming on leaps and bounds and hurdles and everything is there anywhere you you see this thing going or are you happy with you know I mean we do weekly episodic shows I mean aren't we the only you know company in the UK to churn out literally weekly you know I programming like this yeah. so I think so that are. was always the goal I, I was um, the plan was always to keep ex- expanding keep growing and keep pushing and see how far we could go with it um, and obviously when we came into the UKW arena the goal yes. always was to run weekly shows um, but obviously the, the hurdle we always had was getting the license on the building of course the, the building had to be fully licensed yeah, this, this, like this place where we all are is like a purpose built like you know we turned it into what it is it is your building it that's is it, yeah. you know there's um, no you know it's not rented it's not you know one. less from somebody else this is the UKW home it is the place where we are and we call home and we're very proud to do it that's it yeah um, and obviously the, the goal was to have this as the home when we came in here it was like yes this is the perfect setup. we could really build something special here but it's taken um, a lot of effort to get there it has but obviously like, looking at it now it's, it's worth oh. it it's brilliant it really is it's magic and obviously being able to run the weekly event here every week and that segues onto my next question you know what kind of effort I mean I know because I'm part of this but what kind of effort goes into you know to the humble listener who doesn't know you know how much effort actually goes into you know doing these shows every single week you know it's relentless isn't it no god no um, (laughs) we have such a great team here at UK Wrestling there is so many people not just the the people you see in the ring oh absolutely not obviously there's yourselves on commentary we've got the ring announcers and but again, it's not just the guys out front, which no. includes the referees and whatnot. It's everybody backstage, people yeah. in the production. We've got. I mean, we're sat in the production office here. There's, there's, you know, three or four people up here. There's a lot of computers, I a lot say, of yeah, screens, a lot of computers. There's people running the, the audio side of it. We've got the people that are doing the timekeeping. We've yeah. got people. That, yeah. The just, guys who shout in my ear all the time, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you know, hello to you. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a phenomenal effort, and people don't really like comprehend it yeah um, obviously what you see on the screen is like oh yeah it's just it's a ring people go out doing stuff, but it's oh, everything behind the scenes that yeah, is, it is a lot of but you know from my perspective it's worth it every single time oh, I it's go, definitely worth it I go home from here every week with adrenaline pumping through me like wow that was great you know it's real it's, 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 it's a family effort that feels like a yeah. big family I and mean, it's important we get that across that you know there are a lot of yeah. people well, I mean obviously everybody here associates themselves as family it's, yeah. it's one big and it is you cannot understate that whatsoever and um, saying that 
looking at the talent pool here, we've got a lot of talent downstairs. We have there is so much unbelievable talent. Building. We have the the training facility as well, which runs throughout the week. Yep. And it's, it, the, the talent that comes through the door that we're able to... Obviously, just with the facilities we've got, obviously downstairs, what doesn't get shown on screen. No, of course. We have other, another training ring down there. We've got the gym set up down there, all the gym Indeed. equipment. We've got all the uh, promo screens set up yep. down there. So, obviously, it's a purpose-built venue for anybody that's wanting to become a wrestler they can walk through them doors we've got the facilities to to guide them in that direction and there aren't that many places that can boast that you know that can say you know they literally do have everything that's it and that is what this place has Um, so for anybody listening who is interested and who who would think you know why not you know life's too short you know if you want to give it a go if you think you've got something then you know it's here you know it's it's there in the open for you to come and come and say hello and have a go at it so that's um, always open for anybody this is it um, so saying this thinking on the the talent pool we have it's a fantastic amount is there anybody in particular who like stands out to, I mean a lot, a lot of people will stand out but is there anybody who you think you know the sky is the limit for these people in particular or I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, not wanting to single anybody out here, but no, just but you personally. So many, there's so much potential in a lot of people. Um, I mean, but when you look at guys like Momentum, yeah, um, he's been doing it for a short, short amount of time, but since his debut, is just yeah, his yeah. Uh, his in ring ability is just incredible. It's natural. I yeah. I've heard an interview with him. They say you know he's had a kickboxing and a martial arts background, but this just feels natural to him. Yeah, and it looks um, natural. It does. To him. It does. Um, and so you could think with somebody like that, he is going to go the distance, or he could go the distance. Um, then you've got somebody like, say, Johan Hunt. Yeah. Who, again, um, probably doesn't have the best attitudes, but well, no. again, it's. I blame that on the company he surrounds himself with. And I say this about Joe as well. You know, he's got untapped potential. There is no doubt in my mind he's a fantastic athlete with the world at his feet. And I keep saying it because it's true. Yeah. Yeah, so people like that, you know, there's, there is no doubt in me that they, they could go far. That's it. There's, a, there's quite a number of people like that who have just got unbelievable amounts of talent who could go yeah. all the way with it depending on how, how far they want to push it and pursue it. Of course. So uh, my final sort of wrestling-ish outside of UKW question was going to be if you could face I think I know the answer to this but if you could face any wrestler alive or dead who would it be? Bret Hart I thought it would be <laughs> I thought there couldn't be any other answer well, as soon as I wrote the question down I thought I know I know what he's going to say yeah there. it's just something about it just be amazing to share the ring with him and just actually get to I mean obviously yeah. the technical stuff that he could do was just insane and um Obviously, I, I do try and portray some of it in my style yes. in the ring, but it, there's yeah. nobody. There'll never be another one. No, and there really won't. Uh, and I, I totally get that. So we are what a month, a month and a bit past WrestleBration. Already, where you had to step in the blue side, the blue steel cage downstairs and face your own son. I mean, we know if you've been watching the TV, you didn't want to do it. Well, no, I mean, I was. <laughs> he wanted when, it, but you were you were really reluctant to do this. I always knew Joe would want to be a wrestler, just because of his love for it from an early age. Obviously, yeah. obviously, I always had the, the passion for wrestling, which mm-hmm. has obviously gone into Joe. And obviously, we always used to watch wrestling growing up together. When obviously, as Joe growing up, we'd, wrestling was on all the time in our house. Yeah, um, it was just something that we'd enjoy together. We'd watch all the WWE pay-per-views together, uh, Raw and SmackDown every week. Everything it was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling all the time he mm-hmm. had all the, the toys the merchandise he had everything <laughs> yep. um, so I always knew that one day he'd step in the ring um, and obviously even more so once we started UKW it was just it was going to happen it was, it was a matter of time wasn't yeah. it really um, and I always thought that it'd be it would be a nice moment to share the ring with him one day mm-hmm under different circumstances quite um, you never imagined that he would you know somebody like Mustafa Khan <coughs> would get in his head that's and that's it. what has happened he's brainwashed him into believing that you Looking were the enemy at, um, British Bash yes. when he eliminated me over the top rope that yeah. was obviously 
at the time there was a lot of emotions going through the mind it was like is he just trying to win which is understandable everybody was in it was everybody wants to win that type of match 30 men in the ring of course he wouldn't rope, and it's like he had an opportunity he saw it fair enough but then to align himself with Mustafa and the Persian Empire which is what started <laughs> all the issues yes uh, so yes having to step in the ring with him at WrestleCreation wasn't the easiest thing in the world no. for you to do I could tell you know that day you, you were conflicted you didn't want to but I think also I in was the in end, a position was, where I, I had to was it um, like you needed to teach him a bit of a you know you wanted to teach him a bit of a lesson and thought you know well if you want this so bad he did want to yeah know. and um, again it was just it was a, the op- I was given the option beat him and he can Leave the empire. Yeah, so that was the goal. If I could defeat him, I could get him back out of the empire and obviously try and get him on the right path. The right yes, um, but then if so, he yeah, beat if you, us, if I could just escape the cage or anything, yeah, anything. without even having to hit him, yeah, you could have got out. Of, but yeah, of course, keep the empire out. So I thought <laughs> it didn't um, quite work out that way, but never mind. Um, and in the end, the the other stipulation was that if Joe won the match, you would have to then join. Persian Empire reluctantly and reluctantly somehow thanks to Johan Hunt and Leonie Rose whose name I, I hate saying because she just uh, a woman gives me a headache <laughs> I'll tell you now um, unfortunately that didn't work out for you and then after WrestleBration you were reminded that you had to join the Persian Empire which is where we're at now do you feel any loyalty whatsoever towards Mustafa Khan or is it resentment is it genuine like I really hate your guts for doing this to me, but I am a man of my word. I will stand with you. That's exactly it. I mean, obviously, I get what Mustafa stands for. Obviously, you, you look at his career, you look at his background, he's, he's an accomplished kickboxer. Um, he is. He's an actor. Yep. Uh, everything he's put his mind to is overcome, he's an accomplished. He's just... You've got to respect what he's done in his time yep. uh, but when now is at this point in UK wrestling is uh, yeah he thinks is that everybody owes him something and nobody owes him anything no. like you uh, said so no the, the, as at this moment in time there is no loyalties there's no allegiance there's nothing towards Mustafa or the Persian Empire you're just doing it because you are you know a man of my word exactly I, I knew the stipulations going into that match yeah how regardless of the outcome yeah um, Joe won that match yeah and at the, for this moment in time for the foreseeable future that is how it is to be aligned but you them. are the UK wrestling heavyweight champion thanks in part to Big Duncan um, who fought it off the empire and allowed you to beat Mustafa Khan not before in <laughs> JPR again no of course and now we are on the day of aftermath WrestleBration aftermath and you have to defend that title against JPR um, you are friends it has to be said you are you know there's a healthy mutual respect there am I going to sit there tonight and see two friends have a great wrestling match no interference and the best man will win that's, that's what I'm hoping that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping I'm, for that's the idea um, I'm, I really hope the Persian Empire don't get involved um, but they said to you that they would help you and have your back and make sure that title stayed with you they did um, which they have been involved obviously a couple of times on showdown in my matches um, yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> me and JPR are good friends uh, I have a lot of respect for him uh, like a lot of people I do think it'd be great to see JPR as champion Mm-hmm. Now, the moment of WrestleBration when he became champion oh, was wow. unbelievable. I, I oh, just got a shiver down my back. Um, legitimately, that <laughs> yeah, was one of my favourite things. I ever, that was one of the favourite things yeah. I've ever had the pleasure of calling in my life was was doing that. Yeah, the look on his face when he won, the, the just it, the shock, <laughs> the unbelievability of it, it, just the emotion. It was just 
It was special. Yeah. It would. No doubt he would want that again. And you would be happy for him, I'm sure. I would. Yeah. Um, and it was it was disappointing to see it get taken away at WrestleBration. But at the same time, after the Persian Empire had been and hurt his ankle again, yeah. he physically could not no. wait bare on his leg. And, and just, his, just, to reiterate, J- just to reiterate this, JPR legitimately broke his ankle. He did. And the, night, like. the day before, he had the pot off. Yeah. Um, People think that might just be like a wrestling story. No, he genuinely, 100%. Hand on heart, he had his pot off the day before WrestleBration. That really happened. Yes, yeah, so credit to him for doing it. <laughs> All the credit in the world. Go on and win. And yeah, on his own, it was one on one. There was no interference. He he beat Mustafa. He did. Won that yeah. title. Um, but yeah, then the Persian Empire came out, re-injured it, and he physically couldn't continue. He's, it was no. me and him was on the outside of the ring and tried to help him up, and he's like, I can't. I physically cannot get up. Get in the ring and finish this. Do it. And Do you not did. Let Mustafa take that title, and he didn't. So now you are the champion. I'm looking forward to that match tonight. So good so luck I, with that. It, it was good. Um, obviously, like I've just said, it'd be good to see JPR as champion. Yeah. However, <laughs> I've worked just as hard to get to this position. Uh, so I'm not just going to lay down no. and allow him to take and I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect you to. The best man will win tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be, like I've said, there's been no interference. It's a straight one-on-one match. Yep. And let's go out there and put on a good show. Let's hope so. So good luck for that. One final thing before we go. I want to play a game of word association with you. Um, and I'm just going to ask you to have one word to describe the people who I'm just about to say. And then, uh, and then I'll let you go and prepare for that match. So, Leone Rose. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate, that's what that is. Uh, Shelby Sinar, my broadcast partner. Focused. Joe Sedgwick. Ungrateful. <clears throat> Sid Phoenix, the dream ticket holder. Determined. How about J. Rowe Lewis? A fighter. Can't disagree with this. Mustafa Khan. Proud. All right. How about the uh, a guy you know very well? He'll defend this title tonight. The essential, Paul Hubris. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. That's a, that's that's an interesting one. I don't, I don't. I can't disagree with that. And finally, how would you describe Jonathan Cedric? Grateful. <laughs> grateful and I am grateful for you for sitting down with me so thank you very very much for doing it thank you for having me it's the first guest I've had on the official UK wrestling podcast thank you very much good luck tonight thank you very much and uh, we, we will see what happens Jonathan Cedric everybody thank you so there you go it was a very very insightful uh, time that I spent with Jonathan Cedric and there were his thoughts ahead of that match with JPR at Aftermath which kind of ended abruptly because nobody could have seen what was going to happen there JPR and Cedric were having a nice spirited contest JPR went up to the middle rope uh, for a double axe handle move he got the move but he landed very very awkwardly on the already injured ankle for those of you who don't know JPR just coming away from having broken that ankle before WrestleBration and uh, he he landed so me and Shelby were cringing because it didn't look pleasant he landed badly on the leg he was screaming out in pain and that match for the UK Wrestling Championship came to a very very abrupt halt between Jonathan Cedric and JPR I wish JPR all the best I think he's a bit of a hero I like the man very much and if you're listening JPR which I hope you are get yourself better soon and get back to Batley we need the noise and we hope you are better soon Jonathan Cedric though walked out of WrestleBration Aftermath with that UK Wrestling heavyweight championship you are listening to the debut edition of the uk wrestling official podcast i'm brett hadley thank you so much for joining us we're going down what happened at uk wrestling aftermath just this past weekend in batley and after that uh, huge uk wrestling championship match it was then time to see the debut of the night from the silencer damian black he got in the head of the uk wrestling veteran tommy dillon the wild card the past few weeks and he proved that mind games would win the day he got a victory on his debut at aftermath against the wild card who now has to go away and reassess the situation he'd been put off he'd been distracted and obviously Damian Black, very, very clever, got right in the head of the UK wrestling veteran, the wildcard, Tommy Dillon, at WrestleBration Aftermath. The show rolled on at pace. After that, though, it was then time for, <laughs> uh, well, it was the former UK wrestling women's champion, Leonie Rose, against the woman who is the current 
UK Wrestling Women's Dream Ticket Holder, the hot mess, Kirsty Love, and the special referee just coincidentally happened to be the current UK Wrestling Women's Champion, the woman who took that title away from Leonie at WrestleBration, Sarah Sky, was the official. And you know what? Sarah did a fine job as a referee. You know, if wrestling doesn't work out for Sarah, she could be an official because she did a wonderful job. She called it down the middle. She counted when she should. She got everybody out of there when she should. And... Um, in the end, though, things went from bad to worse for Miss Leonie Rose. She suffered defeat at the hands of Kirsty Love, but not just any defeat. No, she got beaten with the Red Queen, her own finishing manoeuvre. Can you imagine the, humani- the, the humiliation for Leonie Rose? Well, I caught up with her after the show, and you can imagine she wasn't very impressed. Here's how she felt afterwards. We are backstage again at Aftermath, and um, oh, Leonie Rose, are you going to talk to me? Leonie Rose, um, what I mean, do you want? that that didn't go quite how how you planned, I'm sure. Um, I'm not happy. How well, is it fair? You're never happy, you. But even more so after that, what we just witnessed, because Kirsty Love got you again. That's not fair. It's because of Sarah. If that was the other way around, and that was me in there, I'd be called all the names under the sun. But Sarah can get away with distracting me and trying to get in my head. How is that fair, Brett? I mean, life isn't fair, Leonie. I mean, but you're on a bit of a a downward spiral here. I mean, you just got beat with, like, wasn't that your own move that you lost to up there? Unfortunately, it was. But, like I said, it isn't fair. The whole company's against me. They've been after me since day one. I can hear you on commentary being against me. I'm not against you. I'm just saying what happens, right? I'm you, only you on a bit again. of a slump because of everyone else being against me. If it was just me with no distractions and no head games, then I would be on a winning streak. I would still be women's champion. I mean, is that what where you think you deserve to be? Do you? Well, I'm the one that's oh. here every week. I've single-handedly carried this division on my shoulders for months. And it's still not working out for you. And let's let's just see where it goes. Leonie Rose, thank you for talking to us. Shut up, Brett. All right, all right. I'm gone. Oh, the trials and tribulations of a podcast host. Yes, um, she wasn't very impressed. She was, oh, dearie me. Uh, Leonie Rose, though, losing once again at WrestleBration Aftermath to Kirsty Love. So the show rolled on after that. Oh, yes, we didn't stop all night. It was a feature-packed it was an action-packed show. They usually are at the UKW Arena. If you've ever been down there, you will know they are action-packed. And after that, it was time for the collision of the year. It was Big Duncan, formerly of the Persian Empire, against his former boss. Yes, the Persian heavyweight champion, the king of the knockouts, the sultan of slams, the leader of the Persian Empire, Mustafa Khan. Give him his proper credentials. He'll he'll appreciate that. Um, and, well... <laughs> Nefarious is the word to describe this. I know what I saw. Shelby know what she saw. But, uh, yeah. So it got to the point where the referee, Neil Ayrton, one of the best referees that we have in the country, was knocked out of action. And uh, Mustafa Khan had Big Duncan in a submission. Along comes the hand-picked official of the Persian Empire, crooked Chris Castle. And he thinks, he's convinced, he saw Big Duncan tap out to... Mustafa Khan. Now, Big Duncan, I know him. He's never tapped out in his life. Even Mustafa Khan, after the match, was questioning this. This is how nefarious Chris Castle is. He was questioning it, saying, are you sure? You know, you better be sure what you saw. And he made the call as an official. It will go down in the record books as a victory for Mustafa Khan. And I had the unenviable task. I caught up with Big Duncan after that show. And oh my God, he was furious. But before that, Chris Castle insisted that he talked to me first. And here is what he had to say and his side of the story. I am here at UK Wrestling Aftermath. And I can't believe what I've just seen. And Chris Castle, get your ass over here now. What the bloody hell are you doing? What was that? What do you mean, what am I doing, Brett? You, That's didn't... a stupid question. What? D- Duncan out. didn't tap out. What are you playing at? I went out there and I did my job as a UKW official. You're the most crooked official I've ever seen in my life. Was, what are you... There was nothing crooked about that, Brett. What? I went out there and I did the job that referee I mean... Neil couldn't do. I got in there and called that Big Duncan tapped out to that the man, That man has... No, 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 stop it. That man has never tapped out in his life. And you're telling me that you saw him tap out to Mustafa Khan. I am telling you unequivocally that Big Duncan 
tapped out to Mustafa Khan. I was there, I was up close and personal. You were, what, 20 yards away, Brett, sat on the commentary <laughs> desk. You didn't see anything, but I saw it all clear as daylight. You know what? You are unbelievable. Get out of my face. You're unbelievable. Get out of here. What a moron. Honestly, words cannot do that idiot justice. He claims that Big Duncan tapped out. I just, oh, I don't know. Anyway, I got finished with that debacle. I was walking around, I saw Duncan, and uh, here is how the big man fell. Get ready for this. I hope you're wearing earplugs. We are backstage at UK Wrestling Aftermath, and... Oh, oh, God. oh God. Duncan, calm, calm down. Calm down. Where is he? Well, I, I haven't seen him, but I can understand you've been completely annoyed. We saw an absolute travesty out there. Dare I ask what's, what you're thinking after that absolute bag of... That bitch! I have waited and waited and he's took the coward's way out. Him, the Empire, Chris Castle! Oh God, I'm... Dumb bitches! He said he was a warrior, he said he wanted to fight, and he's took the coward's way out! Where is he? I, I don't know. You're telling me you didn't tap out, right? I no never way. tapped! I was nowhere near! He was nowhere close! Well, I mean, I mean, is there... I mean, are we going to be able to get to the bottom of this? Can you... Can you... I'm telling you now, Bronco! Where are you? I am telling you, we are going to find out exactly what happened, and mark my words, the truth will come out, and Chris Castle, I'm going to find you before the end of tonight, and I will bury you! Oh, God. Right, thank you very much, Big Duncan. I wouldn't want to be Chris Castle about now. And with a very loud slam of the door that my ears are still ringing from, he was gone, Big Duncan, on the warpath. If you're Mustafa Khan and Chris Castle, I hope you're anywhere you can be that's as far away from Big Duncan as you can get, because, man, he wasn't happy about that. Uh, so that was the Aftermath on August 27th. This is the UK Wrestling official podcast. Brett Hadley here, the voice of UK Wrestling, going through what happened at Aftermath. And then after that absolute debacle, it was time for the UK Wrestling Tag Team Championships to be on the line. It was triple threat. It was a tornado tag team match, which meant that all six men were legal at once. Anything goes, and trust me, anything did go in this match. It was absolutely insane. Joe Cedric and Johan Hun of the Persian Empire against Hamza Musoa and Momentum, now known as NRG, and the, 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 the reigning and defending champions, Cerebral Steel and J. Rowe Lewis, the Playtime Mafia. They left it all in the ring. It was incredible. There were tables, ladders, chairs, trash cans, even a guitar and kendo sticks and everything else you can imagine was used in this match it was completely insane if you get chance to see wrestlebration aftermath make sure you do because this was an absolute war i know the day after these guys were sore as hell and i can completely understand why e you know it was that good that even the persian empire joe cedric and johan hunt had an ovation at the end people were clapping those men for the effort that they put in at wrestlebration aftermath it was quite something but in the end the current champions the playtime mafia retained their tag team championships in an all-out war at WrestleBration Aftermath and they roll on as tag team champions and then it was time for the main event for the UK Wrestling Television Championship we'd seen on Friday Night Showdown a few weeks ago Billy O'Keefe the anarchist won the tournament to become the number one contender for the Essential Champions Championship belt yes that's a mouthful to say the Essential Champions Championship belt there you go and uh, it was I mean we'd just seen an absolute war with that tag team match but this, this was unbelievable. And I'm not over-exaggerating this, right? I've been accused of over-exaggerating things in my time, but I'm not over-exaggerating this. Paul Hubris, the day after this match, went on his social media and said it was the best and favourite match of his career so far. And if you see it at WrestleBration Aftermath, you will completely understand where the essential is coming from because it was phenomenal. Billy O'Keefe's star is shining bright. The future is so so bright for Billy O'Keefe but it wasn't quite his time at Aftermath and somehow even though Billy O'Keefe kicked out of the wrist runner to start with 
Paul Hubris didn't take kindly to that. And in the end, the essential champion reigned at the end of WrestleBration Aftermath, and he retained that UK Wrestling Television Championship. Honestly, it was a match for the ages. He got this is awesome chance. The crowd was standing up afterwards. It left me and Shelby Sinar in an emotional state. And there is a video online now of the end of that show. After the camera stopped rolling, me and Shelby say goodbye to the crowd. Make sure you go and see it because it's completely genuine. It is just so emotional and it was the, the atmosphere in that room after that main event was something special after that tag match it was ridiculous but then after I composed myself before I left WrestleBration Aftermath I managed to catch up with the still UK wrestling television champion the essential Paul Hubris and here is what he had to say we are backstage at UK Wrestling Aftermath, an absolutely hellacious main event for the television championship with the essential Paul Hubris and the anarchist Billy O'Keefe. In the end, though, the essential champion reigns over the TV championship. Paul Hubris joins me. How are you yep. feeling after yep. that? <laughs> well, well, Brett, you know, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. You know, showdown last night, I made the point clear to Billy, you know, stick to chasing his dreams instead of trying to achieve them against somebody like me. It was never going to happen. I was always going to walk out victorious. What? It was really... Hang on a minute. Oh, that was a really close match. Okay, whatever. You know, look, the fact is tonight, Billy is a star. I have no doubt in that. And I said it the week before. Billy is going to be a massive star in this company. But as long as I hold that title, that TV title, as long as I'm the top guy here, people like Billy have absolutely no chance. No chance. He nearly beat you several times in oh, that match, listen, Paul. You, you I mean, come on. You've got, you know, you, with your glasses steamed up a bit, you know, listen, listen, listen <laughs> you... you you had a little bit of distance. I don't know the ref might have been in the way or something, Brett, but listen. <laughs> Again, not taking anything away from Billy, but he was against the essential. What exactly was he going to do? Well, you, you got the job done, one yeah, way or the other. Listen, okay, whatever. Listen, you, you know, that, 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 you know that's, that's, that's three points from you, Brett. You know, not, enough from me. I think I'm, I'm, I'm just going to move on now. You know, I've got this title. I'm warm. I'm sweaty. I'm a bit okay. beat up. Fair enough. You know, you've had enough of my time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got pizza in the oven. You know, at home. I'm, 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 right. I've got a car to catch. Right. So Thank you for little, joining us, Paul Hubris. Still your UK wrestling television champion. And you know what? I never heard how his pizza was, but there was the essential Paul Hubris just moments after. I mean, he downplayed it. You know, he was very coy about it. But you see that match at Aftermath, you will see just how close the anarchist Billy O'Keefe was to becoming the new UK wrestling television champion. But it wasn't to be. There will be another day for Billy O'Keefe. An absolutely phenomenal match, a phenomenal main event and a great way to finish UK wrestling's WrestleBration Aftermath. And that just about does it for the debut edition of the official UK Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for, to uh, everybody for listening. Make sure you tell your friends. Go and hit subscribe. Give us a like. Anything you want to do, spread the word. Another edition of the podcast will be on the way soon. In the meantime, you can go and follow us, UK Wrestling underscore TV on Twitter. You can go and follow me. I am Brett UKW with two Ts over on Twitter. We're on Instagram, UKW.TV, or I am Brett Hadley 42 over there. Thank you to everybody, including the UK Wrestling. CEO and champion Jonathan Cedric, who took their time to feature on this debut edition of the podcast. And we hope to see you at the UK Wrestling Arena in Batley very soon for Friday Night Showdown. And pick your poison. Our next big special live event comes your way on Saturday, October the 1st. Until next time, thank you very much and enjoy watching UK Wrestling wherever you can. Bye for now.